You're listening to Here to House You with Simone Jennifer Smith and Dave Rankin. Greetings and salutations and welcome to another week on Here to House You. As always, I'm back at your service, our all Dave Rankin. I got a wonderful show lined up for y'all this week. It's going to be a little something different. However, though, as always, nothing but beautiful music for beautiful people around the world. It's all about the guests this week, and I got two of them. We're going to start a show off with a guest mix by an incredibly talented brother, the pride of KwaZulu Natal, DJ Character. And also, I get to catch up with a brother of mine that I met back in October when he was in town. The 2018 South African Producer of the Year, Sir LSG. Trust me, family, you want to go ahead and stick around for wonderful music. It's going to be a blessing this week, that's for sure. Here to house you. you. We started things off with the track of the week. Trust me, family, you haven't heard this one yet. You understand why we need to go ahead and play this one this week. Dr. Renas, also known to the world as Afro Warriors, he teams up with Botswana native Tefo Fox. This one is called Vulu. Get used to the sound, family. All day ranking here to house you. Hey yo, this is Zulu Bravo. This is Kush Nubia. This is Afronet from South Africa. And you are listening to Dave Rankin on here to house you. House, 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 house. the whole Afro house. Thank you. 
label is 2306. Afro House family, we need to stand up for Angolan, Afro Warriors, and Botswana and Temple Fox for this amazing collaboration. It's our track of the week, family. Get used to the sound. Hear the house you. Welcome to our special guest of the week. He is the pride of KwaZulu Natal and a very talented brother, Character. Yo, what up? This is the Character, and you're listening to Here to House You with DJ Extraordinaire Dave Rankin.
listening to Here's a House You DJ Extraordinaire Day Ranking. Raw, unfiltered, Apple House, Drums Radio.
this is the character and you're listening to here to house you with dj extraordinaire dave randy
this set by my man character we gotta give thanks for this one and just to think he's only our first of two guests this week stick around to after the power hour we got an interval lined up with Google Music Sir LSG hi this is Sir LSG from Johannesburg South Africa and you are listening to Dave Rankin on Here to House You
unfiltered Apple House Drums Radio.
listening to Here to House You with DJ Extraordinaire Dave Rankin.
Yo, what up? This is the character, and you're listening to Here to House You with DJ Extraordinaire Dave Rankin. Drums Radio has got an app. That's right, they got an app which is available for all types of cell phones. I can't believe I just said it all types, right? <laughs> So you want to jump on to any of your, I guess, your outlets to go ahead and grab the app. Um, also, you can jump on to www.drumsradio.com to go ahead and, and find the link to go ahead and download the app there. Here to house Here you. To house you. Family, just want to say thank you for tuning in thus far. This week is a little bit different because it is all about our guests. You heard from the first one, DJ Character, and now... We're going to go ahead and set up our interview with Gogo Music Sir LSG. Before we go ahead and actually play it, um, full disclosure. Now, him and I were supposed to speak just a little bit before October when he came into the city of Toronto due to unforeseen circumstances that didn't take place. But he came into town, um, him and Ralph, we all had a wonderful time and by means... We said that we had to make sure that we had a conversation. And of course, you know what? This is a result of the conversation that we had. So sit back, enjoy, Sir LSG. Here to house you. you. Man, thank you very much for taking the time out your busy schedule to do this with me. It's so appreciative, man. It's a pleasure, bro. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much, man. Um, first off, let's start with Toronto. Um, prior to arriving in Toronto, did you hear anything about Toronto? Um, I mean, I tried to check it out um, online as soon as I found out that we were coming down there. But um, uh, actually, I was also trying to be at a space where I can just learn whatever you know I'm going to encounter. So prior to that, I mean, we've known of, uh, Nicola and um, Zaki Ibrahim, who's South African but lives uh, down there. Mm-hmm. Um, and those, I think, were the two at first most, what can I say, producers and musicians that I was, um, that I knew, you know, before I came down to, to Toronto. Mm-hmm. But I didn't know much about the city, man, you know, and I'm, I'm glad I came, you know, because I, I, I learned quite a bit also about the culture, you know. Yeah, Toronto is definitely a melting pot um, where we have a lot of people from pretty much around the world who simply just reside here in the city, right? So it's yeah. a beautiful thing. I'm happy you get a chance to come. Um, we got to get you to come out again, especially when the weather's just a little bit warmer, like during the spring, our spring and summertime, right? Yeah. I, know, I know when you were up here, um, it was the coldest, in fact. It was the coldest um, for the year at that point in time when you came. So yes, I know you, yes. you, probably, you probably get a chance to get out too tough, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it was quite difficult coming from uh, a, hot, a hot South Africa. <laughs> I, I had to, I had to adjust real quick, man. You know, but for sure. Um, it, it was still uh, quite an experience. I think, um, besides the weather, I, I think the diversity that you you mentioned, you know, um, is one thing that I really liked about the city. Mm-hmm. Is because so many people from all over the world, you know, um, residing in, in this city is such a beautiful thing to see, man. Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. And um, I had a chance to check just a little bit of the interview with Nick. Um, what was that um, experience for you if you get a chance to go ahead and sit in and, and, and talk with Nick, especially about hearing about him, um, where you are in South Africa? Yeah, um, I think it was, uh, it was quite dope to realize that he is such a soulful 
um, DJ, you know. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, besides the records that he's done in the past, and I mean, with Summer Days, was a massive hit in South Africa, you know, massive, massive hit. Mm-hmm. And that's when I, I knew of him, you know. Um, but being in the, in the same space with him, um, I just realized that actually he's, because of the music, um, it felt like someone from South Africa, when I listened to what he was playing, when I, I mean, I could relate to him, you know, um, to right. that extent, because um, the kind of music that I was playing uh, on the show is what he was even playing deeper, you know, which was really cool to see as well that uh, somebody in Toronto um, still kept to the softer side of, of house, and which is what I'm, I'm a big fan of, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For sure, for sure. Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I mean, there have been countless of legends and countless of um, genres which have passed through here in Toronto. So I, as yeah. you mentioned that, I mean, it gives us a chance to go in and connect with artists from around the world. So that when we get, of course, artists such as yourself who come into the city and are able to go ahead and talk to our, our, our legends, so to speak, here, right? It, it, yeah. it really bridges the gap. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um but what I also liked was because uh, you played before us, you know, and um, to have people stay, you know, from the beginning of the night till the end of the night and through such different types of genres as well, you know, it, it was something quite beautiful to see um, the change between what you played, what I played, and also what closing with was such a dope thing to see as well. I actually, I think um, more of this kind of you know, between um, artists from all over the world just to to share the experience, you know, because I'm sure the next time you come to South Africa, you'll also, you know, realize the difference in, in, in the experience, you know, just in the, the club scene, in the sound as well, you know, um, the way... It's different from when I saw the the house music dancers because it was co- it's completely different from seeing people dancing to house music in South Africa. You know, okay. Um, it has um, it, what I noticed in Toronto and I think in the US as well. There's a a certain influence of hip hop uh, break dancing to it. Yes. You know, even though it's, you can see it's house, uh, of which here is a completely different uh, way of dancing. You know. So it was also another another cool thing to note. For real, for real. Yeah, um, you can see that. I mean, I'm happy you made that observation too because you're absolutely right. A lot of the dance community here, they're well-versed in different styles of dance. So you'll see yeah. a lot of their movements. Like you'll see some of the break dancing, of course, you know, yeah. for the night, right? You'll yeah. see some of, the, of course, yeah. the jazz movements as well, right? So yeah. which, is wonderful, yeah. which is a beautiful thing to see as well, right? Yeah. True, true, true. For sure. So I want to go ahead and take us back to, of course, to the beginning, because there are a lot of folks here in Toronto who simply don't know your origin or because of how everything started with you, right? So let's take you back yeah. to, of course, to the days of varsity. So I read somewhere that, um, was it electrical engineering that you, you were studying for in, yeah. in varsity, right? And then, of yeah. course, the, the, the music bug took over. So let's go ahead and, and take us back to that scene back then. So this was uh, 2006, and I was doing my first year as an electrical engineering student. And, um, you know, house music had always been a part of me, you know, growing up, in, even in school, even though I wasn't actively, I wasn't producing or I wasn't a DJ, but I was an active listener, you know. Uh, and just getting into varsity, we started 
we, I came to Johannesburg and I'm from a, a, a smaller town called Mafikeng. It's in the northwest side of South Africa. Okay. So coming into Johannesburg and it's a bigger city, I began to explore more on, on the DJing side of things, you know, while I was, as a hobby, you know, it was meant to be a, a hobby just to release a bit of stress. From the <laughs> um, uh, but it, it ended up becoming more than that, you know. Uh, I mean, I found myself coming from school almost every day, just rushing home to, to practice on turntables, you know. And that we, when I say we, it, it was me and a couple of my friends, I think we lived like that for about two years straight, just coming every day from school, practicing in a small room. And that was such a big thing for me, you know. Um, um, at that point, I wasn't yet exposed to the club scene outside um, the, the, the university. But the university itself had, a, had a, a small scene of itself. You know, we had a couple of parties that we hosted, um, that we, you know, we had a culture going. And I think for me, that's where really the, the, the roots for, for this music thing started, uh, electronic music, you know, even though because I did <coughs> um, classical music uh, while I was um, in high school uh, as a singer, just doing choral, classical type of music. Okay. But in terms of electronic music, the varsity uh, era was where it all, it all began. Wow, amazing. Now, let's take us to the time now where you have to make that decision now because you're saying that you know what like the music book took over you're starting to hold some parties you know for two years straight you know you started beginning this feeling inside of you so now let's come to that point now where you actually make the decision now to say you know what it's music now as opposed to staying in school for electrical engineering yeah so um actually the music it was never a plan you know but the way it happened was um, I was in my second year and I failed terribly. You know, <laughs> I did, I did super bad, and I was never a, a bad student. You know, I was always doing my work, even though I was still, you know, kind of focused on the music thing. Mm -hmm. But after doing badly that year, um, I just I had to take a gap year, and during the for the gap year, I just decided to study, uh, do an, an introduction course to music production with uh, Soul Candy Institute of Music, which is um, used to be a record label, um, one of the biggest record labels in South Africa. Okay. And they had a music school back then. And I started doing some introduction courses to, to, to music, you know, music, electronic music production. And from that gap year, you know, <laughs> I never went back to engineering. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. You know, it, it's it's funny because um here over here when students begin to take that gap year, it's the same thing, right? They find it very difficult to go back to school after that gap year. Yeah, yeah, true. <laughs> so you speak of Soul Candy, right? And um, what were some of the lessons that you learned early on while you attended Soul Candy that stuck with you so far? Um, I think one because it was quite um, more on the technical side of things. Um. If something that I re I learned from from the onset was file management, you know you could you could get lost in your own files as a producer, you know. Mm -hmm. um, so I I really learned from the beginning that you know, how to really store your own stuff um, in folders, in dates, in years, you know, mm -hmm. so that you know whenever you need to go back to something, you know exactly where to find it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's something that you can easily overlook. 
but uh, if you're looking for um, an original recording of your song from 10 years ago, you don't know, you know, which folder is sitting or at. Maybe it might be a, a, a big label deal or a movie request, you know, for, for your song, um, just requesting vocals or something like that or whatever that they, they may be needing. I just think it's important to know where, where everything sits, you know. Yeah, organization, yeah. definitely. That's for, that's yeah. that's that's a and big I, lesson. And, and I'm very disorganized myself, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> but, but at least that that part of me uh, is sorted. Well, that's good because you know, as DJs, we we know that of course we collect so much music, right? Yeah. And we we're always putting music in so many folders, right? So organization yeah. has to be a trait that we we need to be continuously work on, right? True, true, true. <laughs> For sure. So I'm going to throw a name out there for you, right? Um, of course, uh, for us here in Toronto, they, they may not know of, but I want you to go in and describe how um, this person has influenced you at, at the beginning stages of your career. And that's DJ Christos. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Christos is uh, a legendary figure in, in the South African dance music scene. He's one of the guys that began compiling house music um, when there was no house music being played anyway in South Africa, you know. So he's one of the, the guys who really started this thing for us. And in 2008, when so they, Christos and a couple of um, other legends, uh, South African guys, they've got, they had a, a music workshop, kind of like Miami Music Week, the winter conference. Okay. So there was a similar thing called the Southern African Music Conference uh, happening yearly, you know, in the winter at the side. Okay. And that's where I knew him from winning a, a DJ competition that was part of the, the, the conference. So I won the competition and from there got noticed by him. And he became kind of like a mentor to me. He, you know, took me to a couple of his gigs. You know, I would just hang around his wing mm. and get to play some of, some of his gigs too. And he's actually the person who introduced me to Ralph Gum, you know, okay. um, by picking uh, a song of mine that he licensed um, on his compilation. Um, it was called Sex in the City. Okay. And by then I was still part of a group called um, Hood Natives. So there was a, uh, it was a Hood Natives track, you know, um, signed to, to Gogo. And from there, the relationship with Gogo Music and myself actually started uh, 2011, I think, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Um, with you now beginning to start to play, of course, at the same venues that, of course, this legend, you're, st you're standing beside this legend, DJ Crystals, right? And you're beginning now, of course, to learn, you know, and soak in really the environment. Um, take us back, I guess, to some of your excitement. What was, what was that feeling for you at that point? Yeah, bro. Um, it was really amazing um, because here's a, I mean, I, I had never, I mean, we had done some parties, you know, in the township, but we, I had never been uh, in a, in a, in a bit larger venues. And also I, I had never toured a couple of places. So going to, to places with him and where I wasn't even booked, you know, he would be playing and I'm just jamming and maybe like 20 minutes uh, towards the end of his set, he would ask me to jump on, and here I am playing back to back with this legendary figure. It was <laughs> surreal. It was unreal, you know. <laughs> but um, I, I don't know how, man. Like I guess things do happen just like that, you know. When somebody you've been looking up to since 
before you were even a DJ, you know, mm-hmm. and, and here I am now as a DJ and playing the same stage with him. It was a, an, a really humbling uh, experience. But the other funny thing about it is that um, the first gig that he booked me for, um, where he actually booked me to play, you know, my own set, uh, he had brought, I think, Apika Soul over to South Africa. It okay. was uh, Apika Soul's first time actually playing in, in, in South Africa. And I was part of the lineup because of uh, through DJ Christos. And after the gig, a couple of days, he gives, gives me a call, say, man, I need to pay you, come through, you know. And he gave me something like 3,000 rands, which is about maybe 2,600 uh, Canadian dollars. I mean, 260 CAD. Okay. So for me back then, as someone, as a kid, it's like, oh my gosh, so much money. <laughs> I was blown away. I couldn't believe it, man. You, uh, I, I had never, ever been paid before. So he gave me my first paying gig as well. Oh, amazing. Amazing. And since then, of course, you know what, like, it, it's beautiful to hear these stories. That's why I do these interviews, unfortunately, right? To, to hear, of course, the evolution and the growth, right? Of, yeah. of DJs, of course, producers and so on and so forth, right? Um, now, of course, you mentioned something that was key, of course, you know, that Crystal's introduced you now to Ralph, right? What were, you, what were your early days of working with Ralph like? Um, it, it was really cool because... Um, when he when he first had the song from DJ Christos, they were in a club playing um, some. You know, I wasn't even there, and he, he liked the song. You know, and uh, he hit me up saying, "No, he want he would like to license the song um, on Google." And the song um, got a remix by Raw Artistic Soul, okay. who was kind of um, a resident remixer for Google Music as well at the time and um, it did really well on Trexos, you know, and um, for a song of a newcomer and doing like charting and selling quite a lot, you know, I think um, it was a good, um, quite a good start for, for the relationship. But I think throughout the years, it, it became more of a, more than just a label artist um, relationship where he's just licensing and it became more of a relationship and a friendship and mentorship as well, you know, and I'm really grateful for, for, for the time, you know, we've, we've been together because uh, it's, it's been, I think one of the junctures, the most important junctures, one of the most important junctures of, of my music career. Oh, that's amazing to hear, you know, yeah. from speaking to Ralph last month, right. He mentioned, of course, a lot of wonderful things about you. And, and I, one thing that really stuck out for me now is that he said that right now he believes that you're a, that seasoned artist, that seasoned producer, where you can just be a lot more hands off. Right. And yeah. not really, right. So, I mean, like when you hear stuff like that from coming of course, from, from Ralph Gum, who's been in this game for so long, what does that mean to you? Um, it's 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 a bit um, it's it's exciting, but it's also kind of um, a bit not scary. But you know, you take note of certain things because um, it just means that you can you need to now become more uh, of your own person, you know, and and mm-hmm. take be like you say more hands on. I mean, I, I've always been hands on with the production, but my post production, um, I've always giving it to somebody to do it for me, you know, um, so when I'm talking about post, like my mixing, right. I had always, at first before Ralph, um, I, I, I used to mix, um, I used to get mixed by a guy called Tony Konobides, okay. who is 
um, a British uh, sound engineer mixes for real people, Hubie Smith, you know, mm-hmm. and the likes MDCL as well. Mm-hmm. So I really liked his his sound, and you know, I got him to 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 engineer for me. And Ralph did the engineering for my album, you know. And I'm thinking because of what I've learned from Tony doing my mixes, and what I've learned or learned from Ralph as well doing is for me you know it's now time for me to take my own production to to the next level you know what i mean but um besides being you know kind of more independent i think it's also you know you can't always be uh you get to a time where you learn but you also get to a time where you need to share the learning whatever you've learned you know with other people so it gives me another opportunity to take somebody else under my wing and just show them the ropes, you know, even though I haven't gotten to to get to do that, which is something that I really should should uh, should do because, I mean, I, I really want to do it, but I just need to get to do it, you know, just help someone to just the same way that I've been helped by Ralph. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. You know, because, I mean, I think it's it's one of the things that us, you know, who've been in the, in, in the game a little while, right, it gets us to show us some guys our legacy, Right. Yeah. What, we're, what we're passing off, of course, to a new generation, you know, and of course, watching them grow and evolve, you know, and, and yeah. eventually, of course, like Ralph said, you know, being so much hands off. So, so there you can see, of course, their project from start to end. Right. Yeah. 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 True. True. For sure. Let's talk about your 2017 LP Moving Circles. Um, I you know what, to be honest with you, I re- recently listened to it over again and it amazing sounds really amazing sounds um let's take you let's take, take us back now of course to that process um how long of a process was it for you to go ahead and actually put the lp together um the artists that you selected let's go through all of that so it was over a period of um four years uh, all in all because besides doing music i i had a a full-time job at the time you know um i was doing some audio work for television and doing some directing work as well. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's a, a part of the reason why the LP took so long because it was done um, through a couple of years, you know, uh, it was, so some songs you would do and not, not finish, you know, and come back to them two years later, mm-hmm. record vocals and keep on adding stuff onto other songs while you're doing that, you know? So I think it was quite a, um, a different experience for well, a nice experience because at the time I knew I was working on an album, even though uh, it was over a period of years, but it, the, the good thing about it, I think it gave me um, different feels throughout the album, mm-hmm. but still um, maintaining um, the together, togetherness, you know, with the song. So the songs really worked well together, yes. but it gave me a chance to, have different feels, you know, throughout the album, you know, so that, that's what I like about taking time because you get to, uh, I, I didn't have the pressure of releasing, you know, so I could change stuff whenever I wanted to change. Mm-hmm. I could redo whatever, whenever I wanted to redo it. Um, but I, I was really fortunate as well to have features um, like Clara Hill, mm-hmm from Berlin and I had Ayanda Gia, who's a South African singer. She's an R&B singer, one of the best you know, R&B singers we have here. Mm-hmm. Um, Zano, who's also 
uh, I, I would say um, uh, a seasoned male, you know, singer in the house scene because he's oh. done stuff with, with in the first Black Coffee album, you know. Right. And I, I also did stuff with other, um, or the person who did the pre the the, the co-production in the album was Tandin Dule, who's a uh, a jazz musician, you know, she's okay. a jazz pianist friend of mine, and together we we you know wrote this record over a period of four years and a whole lot of other people. I mean, all in all, I had twenty three people working on the album, so it was more of a collaborative album. Mm. You know, I had session musicians coming on, and that's why you hear the a more of a live music feel on the album as well. Right, and and I got that too in regards, of course, the instrumentation. It's just a really smooth from song in to song out. I mean, it was just just really beautiful, right? Yeah. Um, do you remember how many songs you recorded at that time before you actually narrowed it down to what, what was the final release? Um, so the final release had eleven songs, right. but um, I actually didn't have that many. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think there were there were probably two other songs that were never finished you know um from the album i never really could get to finish them and i might redo them i might just sometimes you've got those songs that never really become songs you know those ideas you know it was just ideas but in terms of songs i never really finished any uh, and never put uh, on the album so everything that was on the album was was all i had (laughs) (laughs) it's amazing and the reason i say that is this you know every so often i come across of course you know what um producers who who record a ton of songs right and of course it takes them a while takes them a process for them to go to narrow it down right it's very rare that i come across a producer said you know what i did just enough just to put (laughs) out (laughs) yeah Yeah. i mean for me um the process of, of making music is, is such a long one, you know, a, a long and an expensive one. So from the really from the beginning, I really try to get the ideas to work. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, um, if I'm not feeling the idea, I don't even pursue, you know, feathering it unless, you know, at a later stage, if I have the urge. But I don't just record a bunch of musicians on a song that I'm not going to use, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I really try to to maximize time and maximize the recording time, funds as well, you know, For because sure. it's also quite an expensive thing um, as opposed to doing everything in the box or everything with synths, you know, um, but actually recording live musicians, it costs a bit more, takes a bit more time to edit, but uh, it's my process, you know, and um, and, and I like that. For sure, for sure. So for you and regarding your process, um, what would come first for you? Does a melody come into to mind first and then you go and explore it? Or is it pretty much a drum pattern that comes to you first? Like which one, which one of the two comes first for you normally? Most of the time it's, it, it's the drums. Yeah. Okay. I rely more on the drums, but um, I learned through, I mean, after the album, I've been trying a few, a few things in, and trying to start with melodies and trying to start with remixing, you know, mm. an old song of mine, whatever, and just reworking that into a new song with the hope of uh, recording it again, you know, I mean, recording another vocal on it. So mm-hmm. kind of remaking, um, reverse making the song, if, if, if I could put it that way. So I would remix circles and 
have this be new remix of circles mm-hmm. that record a new vocals into it you know and rework that into a, a whole comp- a new song you know yeah that's sure. studying yeah just depending where, where the inspiration comes from gotcha and then speaking yeah. of remixes um used to be such an amazing amazing remix um i had a chance in fact to play it the other night um just just an um, absolute amazing feel um how did that remix actually come about for yourself um so um i was going through ralph's recent album progressions and um i tried to at least have a remix on on each album that he he releases you know Mm-hmm. And uh, with, with, I, I also, I mean, he did a remix for me on, on my album as well. Right. So it's more of a continuous, a continuation, you know. Um, and I was thinking at first of re- remixing Kafele, okay. which is Dream State. But yes. I've worked so much with Kafele as well, you know. So I felt, ah, maybe let me try something new, you know. Right. Somebody I've never worked with, a voice that I've never touched, you know. And... Um, and yeah, I like the remix, you know, it's, it's quite heavy, you know, it's, it is, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's cool. I, I like it. I like it. For sure. So, um, I know we're approaching the end, end of the year right now. So I got to ask, um, what's next for yourself for the, for the remaining of the year? Um, where can people could find you? What, what do you got coming up for, of course, till the end of the year? Uh, for now, I'm, I'm, I'm just working on new music. I, I'm not sure if it, 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 if it will amount to an album yet. I don't even know if I want to release another album, you know, I'm, I'm just working on, on new music and trying new things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think I'm, I'm still at a, I mean, it's been two years, two and a half years or so since I released, um, my debut project, mm-hmm. but as long as it has been, I, I still am undecided about what I really want to do with, with the music, you know, where I really want to go with it. And, what kind of sound I want to do next. And I mean, the world is becoming smaller and smaller mm-hmm. and it would be really dope to explore other parts of the world, you know, more than uh, only SA. But mm-hmm. I also still, a part of me feels I haven't really explored South Africa um, as, as much as I, I want to, you know, I would like to. So I'm still caught in, 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 in between. And I guess this thought process does go into my production as well, you know, to, to say, okay, what am I doing next? Right. Where am I going with this? You know what I mean? So uh, I'm still finding the right sound, but I'm always working, man, you know. I, I totally understand. Yeah. Right. In regards to now, of course, now I knew you mentioned regarding like international wise. If there was an international artist or a few international artists, right, and um, outside of SA, of course, by means, right, um, that you would love to actually go ahead and sit down and work with, um, let's throw out a couple of names. Who would these artists be? Man, at, at the top of my list, it would be Gregory Porter. Okay. Because, I mean, uh, he's a, a jazz legend, you know, yes. a jazz legendary singer. And if I have him, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what would, man, like, I, I would die. So um, Gregory Porter, definitely, um, it would be dope to do something. I mean, Zaki's South African, but she's also, yeah, I mean, that side. Yeah. Something with Zaki Ibrahim to do something with Josh Milan, mm-hmm. uh, the OGs. And, but I, I really want to focus on um, doing more work with people who are not necessarily known in the house music scene, you know? Right. So um, like Esperanza Spalding, if I yes. would ever get a chance, you know, those kind of jazz singers and just to see 
if I if they appear on a electronic house song, which is which isn't EDM, you know, because sometimes you you approach artists, um, jazz artists or soul artists, and as soon as you mention dance music, it to them it's it's all the 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 heavy sound that they they are uh, you know accustomed to, right. but I I wanna bring this jazzy side of um, electronic music, you know, to to other people who may not necessarily be known uh, as house singers. Yeah, that makes sense, of course, because you know, like it's it's forever the blending of the sound, right? You know, when yeah. you hear when you hear somebody on a um who's not necessarily known for singing, and of course on 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 a house side or a house beat, right? And you hear that fusion and how well. Right, that that yeah. that rhythm goes along with it, with of course with the vocals, right? Yeah, that's yeah. What that as as fans of the music, this that's exactly what we look for. Yeah, yeah, it's always it always brings something fresh, you know. It's it's tapping into the unknown rather than always um, looking towards what's always worked, you know. For sure, for sure. Yeah. Um, let's get into a few more questions, of course, before we go ahead and round these things out. Um, number one. The award that you won, the Dance Music South um, African Producer of the Year Award that you won, yeah. what was that like? What was that feeling like? And how, what kind of boost did you get from your career regarding that as well? Um, I really like. I mean, it it, it 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 was something. I enjoyed it, man. I mean, uh, after working, you know, doing moving circles and um, seeing the response that it was getting, I think it was more of a cherry on top. Yes, you know. Um, uh, because the album it really did receive a, a lot of love and support, and for the type of album that it was, especially in the scene at the time in South Africa, was um, still quite, um, but mostly harder. You know, um, mm-hmm. there was a calm wave going yes. on, and and to drop an album like that, such a soft and a soulful album, and be able to, um, you know, connect with people through the album was really amazing but so the award really for me just you know was a cherry on top and uh, I think mentally it doesn't really do much for me you know uh, winning the award because uh, I, I, I was I'm always worried not to get uh, uh, at the top over the top you know for right. something for things like this because um, yes, it's work done, but there's still so much work ne- um, needing to be done. You know, um, mm-hmm. yes, you you win something because people appreciated a certain project or a certain uh, product that you, you you did, but you still have more to to show. You know, as a as an artist, so I'm mostly looking forward to you know what more could I do with, with my sound more than uh, more than the awards. You know, <laughs> yeah. It makes perfect sense, my brother. That's for sure. Um, Bread for Soul Sessions. Let's talk about that real quickly. Um, how did it start? Um, how long ago has it? How long has it been running? And how often is it released? Yeah. So um, this is a podcast that I've been doing since 2011. Yeah, 2011. So it's been about eight years now, mm-hmm. and um, I release the podcast once a month. Okay. And um, it's basically a soulful house music podcast, and I really take time to to dig for the new um, soulful house tunes, the stuff that um, mostly people might not necessarily play in clubs, you know, because it's too soft or it's just maybe the energy is just too soulful, you know. Because sometimes you have that if if the um, you know the energy in the club is too 
quite high. You can't really uh, play the soulful stuff. So I play a lot of stuff that people might not necessarily hear at clubs on radio, you know, and I try to make that a focus of mine. But um, since the beginning of the year, it, and the other focus through Bread for Soul, through the podcast, uh, is has been um, to have it as a um, a charity thing, you know, to actually try and do charity events and mm. provide food for people. We had one event this year in October together with Gogo Music and uh, a place in Durban. It's a club that usually books us, so we just decided to buy some food hampers for the people around the community, you know, because yes. people, somebody is always in need of food, you know, right. uh, some, somebody uh, around you is always in need of food. So to do these things, I would like to do them much more often than I am, you know, but mm-hmm. um, just to begin to do it was um, quite also fulfilling to know that you're doing something good for the people. This event, this is the one with um, Mojo's, right? Yes, yeah, with Mojo's, yeah. Excellent, excellent. You know, and you know what, like, for your philanthropy work now, if you're slowly getting into this, this side of things, now, has this something that you've always wanted to do? You know, you mean with the foundation? Yes. With the charity? Yes. Yeah, it's, it's always been something that I wanted to do. I mean, I've, I've been thinking of doing something with my podcast, you know, um, uh, initially, I think in the first couple of years of the podcast, I used to do events, but it was only events just to do a party, you know, and I stopped doing the parties because I wasn't really getting enough support. But in recent years, I've re- I realized the kind of support that um, the podcast has has been enjoying, you know, and I've been selling a lot of these uh, merchandise and um, mm. soul stuff. And I realized that actually it does have a lot of support, but I, I would like to use it for something more meaningful, you know. And um, and the food thing came about because of the name of the podcast, Bread for Soul, you know, right. to say, to be literal about it and, and do something uh, with regards to giving food. So I'm hoping that I could really get my head down uh, into it, you know, for next year and do a couple more than we did uh, with Mojo's. For sure, for sure. And before we go ahead and wrap things up here, my friend, um, let's go ahead and tell the fine folks who are listening right now where they can go ahead and hear you. Um, of course, if there are any artists who are listening right now, where they can go ahead and hit you up so that, we, of course, we can begin to continue to hear that masterful sound coming out of SA. Yeah, yeah. so uh, uh, I'm on social media. I'm on Twitter. Um, my handle is at LSG underscore SA. Uh, on Instagram at LSG and on Facebook LSG so people can hit me up there and you could also check out the podcast breadforsoul.podomatic.com uh, you know it's a monthly podcast uh, the most soulful podcast there you, you go know. there you go <laughs> for sure my brother I thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule to doing this with me uh, Simone she sends her love your way as well we can't wait to come out and to come see you right the bread for show t-shirt it's dope you know we, we, we definitely go ahead and send some money your way so we can make sure we go ahead and get a couple shirts back as well you know what I'm saying thank you no so worries. much no worries at all you keep doing wonderful things over there thank you so much once again man thank you so much really appreciate it bro Ladies and gentlemen, that was the 2018 Producer of the Year Award winner, Google Music's 
Sir LSG. I just want to go ahead and say thank you to not only Sir LSG, but DJ Character as well for being our guest this week. I know things are a little bit different. You didn't actually hear me spin this week, but sometimes this is what we got to do. We got to make sure that we showcase beautiful talent from around the world for the Afro House family. Now, before I get out of here, I just want to go ahead and run through a couple of announcements real quickly. First, Osun Lade, he's going to be in town December the 14th. He's going to be playing with Toronto's own Nick Holder inside One Loft. That'll be Saturday, December the 14th. Also, on December the 14th, Myself, alongside my Kokoro bandmates, Coach Nubia, will be inside 254 Lansdowne, just rocking it out for the Afro House family. You know it. Um, nothing but good vibrations. And we got a couple guests coming through. Shout out to Jazz Ferry and as well as Poga. They can definitely be on the scene rocking it out with us. Here to house Here you. To house you. Ladies and gentlemen, I just want to say thank you once again for tuning in this week. It was all about the guests. So once again, thank you to Sir LSG. Thank you for character, for going ahead and blessing us with your presence this week. Before we do get out of here, I want to go ahead and play my last song for the night. This one is from a remix package that is going to go ahead and have something for every house music fan out there. Udu Music featuring Hele Gisani. And I hope I said that name right. This is straight from the Liars remix at LP. This is the Demented Soul Imp 5 Afro mix. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in. We'll see y'all next week. Peace. This is Alstan from Gogo Music and you're listening to Dave Rankin on Here to House You, only on Drums Radio. Mm-hmm.